When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Middle. We had something good going there. It's like, uh, I was right with the music that time. Uh, I, I don't think you could distinguish my voice from the actual intro music right there. All I know is it was beautiful. I, 105 shows in, I think I got it down. 106. 106. 106. Welcome Congrats. to the Back Row Fantasy Show. It's me, Bark, to my left is arms. Good morning. And my right's Nit, the beautiful um, voice you just heard a second ago. Hola. Like angels being strangled. <laughs> Thanks. It's beautiful. <laughs> Come on now. Absolutely beautiful. A little BDSM angels, huh? What? You bit a little XNX a- sex a- too much? Angel strangled? Never mind. Nah, you lost me already. First off, there's, there's n- no such thing as too much. So, All right, Ted Bundy. Ooh. All right, That's no, not what I was talking about. No, I, was, I wasn't talking no about there's no such thing as too much strangling. All right? What's up with all the Ted Bundy talk? What, what, there's a, is there a new Netflix show out yeah. that's okay. like popular. Everyone has seen it's the huge. entire thing, and I, I just now heard about it. It's like, a, what is it, a four-hour special or something I heard? I, th- I think I, it's yeah, four like a show, kind of a one little, hour. Something like a like miniseries that. or something? <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the dude was an incredibly to, charismatic guy and also a horrible, horrible monster of a human. Yeah. Scariest part about that. Oh, yeah. Highly intelligent guy, too. Yes. Seems real nice at times. i got to <laughs> give him that. At times, I'm like, Not i got to hang out with this guy. Uh-uh. At times, not all the time. Not from what I read, but I do need to catch up on the documentary. It's the hot thing right now. Hot stuff. It's the, it's the new hotness. Well, what you got in store for us, Barker? All right, so today's episode is going to be all about IDP. We're going to do the same thing we did with the last episode, which was offensive players. Blank or blank, which one for the 2019 season? This time we're going to go in the IDP direction. So that's what's on deck for most of the show. We do also have a a guest, a call-in guest, that may have wrote a book or two. What? Or just one. What's it called? It's called The Analytics of Dynasty by Jordan McNamara. Sounds deep. It that's does. For sure. I it mean, does. that's right up my alley. With it's, the, uh, uh, they're saying it's the pet cemetery of dynasty fantasy <laughs> football. Books. So it's an instant classic. Instant classic. Yeah. Yes. Right. It sounds right up my alley. I'm all about the analytics. I don't. Want, I don't just want names. I want stats. 
Chad, I want points. I want to win my dynasty league. He stressed the word anal and analytics. Yeah. That Why just, do you that always go there? That just happened. I'm, I didn't say it. You did. Have you ever, analytics. Was, you it, analytics. It was it always? Was it, it's not always sunny in Philadelphia. What's, what was the show to where the guy's like, I'm an analysis and a therapist. So I just combine them, and it's an analropist. I have no idea. On his business you're... card, it spelled out anal rapist. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm not 100 percent uh, sure. Arrested development. Arrested I was, development. I wasn't 100 percent sure what that was or where you were going, but it did remind me that uh, apparently Bill Cosby <laughs> is, is playing is playing Heath Cliff, Cliff Huxtable. Cliff Huxtable in prison, treating patients, and uh, when asked <laughs> why he thinks he can treat patients, he's like, "Well, I mean, I, when you play a doctor for as long as I did, some of that stuff actually makes sense, and you can use it in, in everyday life." Like, oh yeah. All right. Yeah, 30 years ago, whenever you played a doctor. So did he produce his own roofies? That's what I'm wondering. Did he create them himself? He's a doctor, not a chemist. Well, Breaking Bad. It's not Breaking Bad. That stuff happens. Touche. It was... (laughs) What was... I don't even know the name of the show. What was it? Dr. Uxbull on... Cosby 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 Show. show. Why why do I not know Literally why he's famous. Why do I not know that? I don't know. I'm just not up. So Bill, was that Get show? me into fantasy football what was the for God's sake, Bill man. Bill Cosby was, in, was, that, was that called Pee Wee's Playhouse? Is that what that was? What's your top three boxing music movies? It's Rocky Four, all of them. <laughs> I don't. I don't know this stuff. I just know fantasy football a little uh, bit. Just, a little bit. <laughs> Once again, you drug me in here to do this, right. and I love it. I mean, nobody can ever take Philip Lindsay away from you. So no, they can't no. say you're not a real analyst. That's what I am—a real football analyst. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he stressed the anal again there. I he did. Yeah, he absolutely anal. did. That's just how. That's Did you how stop it? Can we move on? Every well, let's time, get on. You've got to know something. Every time one of us says anal, another Twitch person pops. We on need to get start watching. <laughs> it's a magic word. Anal, 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 anal. List that was seventeen. List yeah. anal list. Let's Anal, get analyst. All right, let's get on with analysis. Analysis. Can't say that one, can you? Obviously. See, <laughs> analysis. I know when I'm right. I know when I'm right, fellas. All right. So, anyways, we are going to jump right in and do a little bit of IDP goodness. So, blank or blank. Some of these are submissions. Uh, hold on, sub- hold on. No, well, I thought we were going to talk about <clears throat> Julius Peppers and Larry Fitzgerald first. You are right. Go ahead. Well, Julie, lead us in. Julius Peppers' retirement out of seven after seventeen years in the National Football League, one of the most disruptive defensive linemen of all time. I think the question you posed on uh, on our little group chat arms immediately is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Fame candidate? Absolutely, but is he a true Hall of Famer? I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I don't have it in front of me where he's at on the uh, the sack list, but I know he's got to be real, real high. I, I'm trying to get it pulled up, probably at least top 20. But the impact he had on the game at any point in time that he was in there, not just with sacks, but with pressures, hurries. Like Julius Peppers was a man amongst boys his entire career. Yeah, he was double digits 75% of his yeah. career easy. Freakish athlete, 6'7", 295. Basically his entire career, he was bigger than everyone around him. Racks up over those 17 years, 160 sacks, just shy of it, 159.5. I'm going to give him credit for the 160. Averaging, that's basically 10 sacks, 9 sacks a season. That's top 10 production as a defensive end year in, year out. Now, obviously, he had elite production early in his career, and it tapered off towards the end of it. But anyone who averages 9 sacks a season, 
Definitely in the in the uh, running for, or should be on the Hall of Fame ballot at least. Question: What year did you guys graduate? Two thousand two. Julius Peppers has been putting up d- double digit sacks since you guys graduated. That is insane. Yeah, that's how long this dude played football. Sixteen years. How many teams did he play for? Four. Carolina, Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina. It started and then ended with Carolina. So four different teams. Longevity with the with Carolina was really productive with the Bears. Kind of got lost in Green Bay, but uh, they haven't played defense uh, ever. So, I mean, he's always been a stud, though, when he was in there. I mean, you come out the bat, his rookie year goes 12 sacks right off the bat, 7, 11, 10 and a half, 13. I mean, just the consistency in his game is unbelievable. Even last year, 2017, I'm talking about 2017 last year, 11 sacks in the National Football League. The guy was a monster in his late 30s, mid-30s, mid to late 30s. Yeah, with an 11-sack season as little as one year ago. I, I mean, in his 15th year, he puts up 11 sacks. He, he's a Hall of Famer. And how about this? The only athlete to ever play in a Final Four and a Super Bowl. Final Four, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champ, not a Super Bowl, not champion. a Super Bowl champion. Got that info from our stats guy, Brett Long. Thanks. We Brett. do have a stats guy. We offered that guy a <laughs> microphone earlier, and he's like, "I just text in the stats." He, he turns down the mic. Who turns down the mic? He, he Michael te- Jackson didn't turn me. it down. Uh, you could have been Michael Jackson, man. You could have. This show might have just been. The the Brett Rowe fantasy show after you hopped on the mic for one episode. One thing I Could will have exploded. One thing I will say about Peppers, it's like the as soon as he declines, he realized it. Yeah, and it, he's it's out. time to call it. I mean, hey, you get to finish with the team you started with after a little bit of uh, traveling around the league. But all all in all, a, f- a fabulous career for one of the 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 biggest names on the defensive line. He to me, he was the first big name at defensive end. That I can remember. Again, he's been yeah. playing since I was in high school. I remember seeing Julius Peppers, like him and Javon Curse, yeah, and Warren Reggie Sapp. White. Like that, those were the the premier defensive. Well, you ends. have your legends, yeah. You have your legends. You know, I mean, he's he's got to be near the list, uh, you know. With a even, I mean, Reggie White's greatest, you know, sack artist of all time, but he's got to be on that list with those guys near the top. I don't know if I'd put him there. Let me ask. He's going to get in the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. Not elite. And I don't think he's first ballot or anything like that. That's what I was going to ask. Is he first ballot? Oh, not even. Not even. I mean, I won't say he won't close. He's not close. Here's where he reigns all time. Depends on the class, honestly. You want to take a shot where he is all time? You know, ranking? Sacks ranking. Number what, Barker? (sighs) I'm I'm going to go 18. I'm going to say number seven. Number 18. He's number four. He's the fourth. I mean, that's Hall of Famer already. Okay. It goes Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Kevin Green, Julius Peppers. And then you get into the stray hands, Jason Taylor, Demarcus Wares. I mean, the uh, Jared Allens. I mean, A part, get, part of this is, is longevity. longevity. I mean, long- at any point in time. Which is did, worthy of Hall of Fame. Oh, if abso- you're good absolutely. For that long. Absolutely. I mean, at any point in time, did he lead the league in sacks? Probably not. He probably was never. I'd say you had to have. His high, I don't, I, his, his his high career is thirteen, high is fourteen and a half, fourteen and a half. In two thousand and eight, he had fourteen and a half. That's never going to lead the league in sacks, unless it's a down year. Yeah. I mean, he had to be extremely lucky. And actually, no, he never led the league in in sacks. But year in year out, he's an absolutely imposing force on the defensive line. Consistently, longevity. The stats are there. The all time stats are there. 
Put him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe so, not for uh, even number four. I don't know if he's first ballot. See, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But it it seems like to me, if he had retired four years ago, I don't think there'd been an argument. Was he a first ballot Hall of Famer? He left without a big impact. I think once people go back, look at the the body of work he put together, which is astronomical. He's got to be. He's yeah. got to be. I don't know. And, yeah. and who else retires this year? Right? Who else is retired? That that puts him on the ballot pretty much by himself as a premier player. As a premier player. Because another guy we're going to talk about isn't retiring. Good transition into Larry Boom. Fitzgerald. Boom. One, one of the greatest ever to do it. Larry's back, and I have a question for you guys. Why? Why is Larry Fitzgerald coming back into that no offense, idea. man? It was brutal last year. No idea. It is a career low for him in yardage. And not in catches, but basically, I mean, very subpar Larry career number, Larry Fitzgerald career numbers, season numbers. It was probably it's career low without major injury. Yeah, career, no, it's career low in yardage and darn near close to in in receptions. He had fifty eight in his rookie year, more yardage. But I mean, it, it's just a volatile situation in Arizona. You got a lot of turnover. You got a rookie quarterback. To me. Man, he <laughs> looking back, he probably should have retired before 2018. But hey, guy's still in prime shape. So he's number three all time in rece- in receptions. Yeah, he, he's he number- might be coming back s- strictly to chase numbers. Which he can he can catch uh, Jerry Rice in receptions. He can do it. There's no way he's catching him in yards. There's right. a six thousand yard gap there. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, I think, is the second guy to break 16,000 yards. There's no one at 17,000 yards, no one at 18, no one at 19, no one at 20, no one at 21, and there's Jerry Rice at 22. Darn near, yeah, darn near M's, M's a lot of stats. That's, that's ridiculous. But as far as, I mean, he's right there on the list, and uh, he's number six all time in receiving touchdowns. Once again, you got Jerry Rice at 197, Moss at 156, and then, I mean, Fitz is all the way to 116. First ballot Hall of Famer, though. Yeah, no Fitz, doubt about Fitz, it whenever Fitz he is. decides it. Yeah, Fitz is no doubt. So. But for, 2000, for his 2019, going back to last episode with a little offensive, like what's he going to do next year? Are you expecting better numbers than he put up in 2018? I, I Depends think, on who the quarterback is. I think a little bit better numbers, but I don't think he's ever getting back near 1,000. I think that he's going to – his peak at this point is probably 900 yards – might get might get lucky and hit double digit touchdowns, but I don't see it. Not with Josh Rosen, not with that offense. No, no. I I think the offense goes to David Johnson next year. Uh, it has to. That's the best playmaker on the team now. It is. You got Christian Kirk, the emergence of Christian Kirk, who got a a, a really solid rookie season, and then Larry Fitzgerald still going to garner some targets. Got a cousin named Garner. He's going to garner those targets, targets, get a few more yards, get the ball in the end zone. Uh, but, I mean, wide receiver three is a real stretch in fantasy world because you're just looking at an 850 to 900-yard guy, six touchdowns. and I want him on my all-time squad. No, not my 2019. Not, not 2019. Squad. If you could buy real low, I mean, if you could buy low in, in dynasty mode, maybe. Hope maybe. for bye guy. Some of that competitive depth I like to talk about gives you an option on bye weeks, and maybe you can ride and help you out through an injury time. But all, all in all, I, his best year is clearly behind him. I don't see him peaking back up to a thousand like he did. He had some lows between 12 and 2012 and 14, came I, back I feel up, like he but he's just some aged out. That time frame, he's just kind of aged out. Hate to see an all-time great keep lingering around, especially on a bad team. Uh, but Jerry Rice did it, too. Especially on a bad team. Think about it. Jerry Rice, Raiders, and Seahawks. Fitz did all of this with the Cardinals. Yeah. 
I mean, a, a Cardinals team that for the majority of his career was bad. Yeah. I mean, they had high points with uh, with Kurt Warner, high points with Carson or uh, Carson, Carson Palmer, Palmer, but for the most of his career, he did not have a great quarterback. Yeah. It like I said, it depends on who his quarterback is. If Josh Rosen comes back, got him out all he, season. He needs. He I think needs Josh a, Rosen's terrible, and he's not the. He answer. is terrible. The only way Fitz has a decent season is if a better quarterback can make him better at the age that he's at. But if he has Josh Rosen tacked on with another, you know, year in the NFL, there's no reason to have him on fantasy squads. If that's the case, yeah, I agree. So we ready to move on? Let's move on. Dude, I gotta, I gotta. Let's not move. I, on. I gotta, I gotta bring up the Luka Doncic thing from NBA. I know this is a fantasy football podcast, but how Luka Doncic got left off the NBA All Star team is beyond me. Strictly this because he's a rookie, Josh right? Johnson of, of basketball, isn't it? This is <laughs> John Johnson. It's his John Johnson. Of this basketball. is my dude. This is the new upcoming superstar in the NBA, and and they're gonna leave him off the uh, the All Star team simply because he's a rookie. What he's doing for is, is nothing short of unbelievable. To be honest, that team is garbage around him, and all he does is go out and make them competitive night in, night out. That's my dude, Luka Don Donchick. Can't say his name. Hey, you're right. It's foreign. I don't. I mean, come on. But that's my Luca. That's my Luca rant for the night. I'm done. It's my Luca. Give me, give me Luca Doncic all day long on my NBA All Star team, right, Brett? I wish 20. to. He's averaging 20 and seven. So yeah. see, you need the mic. So you need need the mic. So I'll, you I'll, need him. I'll give you another one. So LeBron's returning. Uh, AD saying basically the only place he wants to play is LA. Kyrie has apologized publicly to LeBron James. He's talking about how. He realized that he had it all and gave it up. The The Lakers could Are they be, building a super team for 2019? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. I think they've got a really good chance to end up with LeBron, Kyrie, and AD. AD. And, I mean, that right there, That to me, that is enough to compete very highly with even the Warriors. Oh, that's, that's, that's Miami Heat. D-Wade, LeBron, and... Uh, an old boy down there, but I mean that's that's Bosch. your yeah Chris Bosh. I mean that's that's the 80's, trifecta. Eighty's better than Bosh ever hoped to be. And Bosh was good. Don't take too much away from Bosh. AD AD is coming to his own though. I mean that that could be an elite squad for 2019. But man, the Pelicans already already removed AD from all their ads and all that, like their pregame he, show. He's shipped out and going somewhere. Will it be the Lakers? I mean, I, they don't seem to want to do business with the Lakers. Listen, I, I can't handle Lonzo Ball. So whatever the trade is, I hope it involves Lonzo Ball getting the heck out of L.A. so I can stomach watching the games. Move Ball. Move Ball and to something New Orleans. else. Try, to New Orleans. Try, try, try to keep Kuzma, in my opinion. You know, you want to keep Kuzma, uh, Ingram. Yeah, you try to keep those guys if you can. but You're not going to be able to in the deal get, for AD. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be tough gonna, to keep them. lose everyone but LeBron, basically. But it's fine. I'd give up every other. So every, not, I would give up anyone not named LeBron James to go out and get AD and just yeah. pair those two together. You I mean, always, they'd be elite in a two man game. I mean, there's that's what the NBA is about. It, but creating creating scoring opportunities between two players, pick and rolls, uh, getting one guy free late in the shot clock. Both those guys are elite scorers with the ball in their head, one hand, one on one. Imagine what they could do on the same team. I mean, and let's not forget if they do trade the whole team for Anthony Davis, all LeBron's got to do is pick up the phone. Zildrunas Ogalskis, yeah, I'll play for you. I, I, uh, 
I seen a pretty interesting. Ma- like, Matthew Dellavedova. Yep. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> J.R. Smith. Like Carmelo Anthony. LeBron has proven that Carmelo is a kind of understands to take a back seat to him. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it, whether it was his agent or it was uh, AD himself, he pretty much was already said. Wherever I go, I'm not resigning. The only place I resign is the Lakers. So guess what? He's going to be a Laker. Whether it's this year or next, he's going to be a Laker. Ty Lue might put on a jersey and play for LeBron. Who knows? It's possible. Ty, Ty Lue, all five ten of him. Ty Lue. Let's, uh, let's. All right, that's my NBA. I'm done with NBA. Let's done. make a let's make a phone call and get Jordan McNamara on the phone real quick. He uh he we wrote a book and we want to hear about the book. So here we go. Let's give him a call. He can spell and stuff. He can write. He can read them books. He can, he can read them books. Mark, will you uh, audio tape that for me? Like audio book it for me so I can not what? have to read it. The book? Yeah. You do not want to listen to me do that. Yeah, is it in audio format? Can that be my first not question yet, to but him? I think Arms is asking me to put it in audio format. Boom. The analytics of fantasy football, right? Chad. Yeah. Here's Baddest Barker right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> is he <good? laughs> Oh hey, I didn't mean to do a video call. How you doing? We got we got Jordan McNamara on the phone. We got a video call. We do got a video call. <laughs> Hell, just turn the screen around. Let him watch. Oh man, let's see. Okay, so Jordan, can you hear me? He's getting. Nothing. How's it going, guys? Hey, there yeah. he is. Can you hear us? What's going on, guys? I can hear you. Oh, there we go. There we go. Nothing much. Glad to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. We've talked about doing this for a while, and now we've done it. And the timing couldn't be better because uh, you you wrote a book. He wrote a book. <laughs> I did. I did write a book. <laughs> what's what's so, the focus of it, man? Yeah, th- thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thanks for coming. I, so, a lot of people were talking about the book, and uh, we have seen the book and talked about the book coming out and getting you scheduled for the show, but we've not yet got a chance to read it. So fill us in. What's uh, Tell us what the book is about. Obviously, we know a little about it because of the name alone, but take it from here. Let our audience know what you wrote, what it's about, and how you plan to uh, – Help us all win fantasy but, championships. But, but don't don't ruin the ending for me. <laughs> True. Don't read the back cover. Well, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't ruin too much for you. Uh, yeah, it's. It was basically. It actually started as a DFS project. I did a whole bunch of research on, you know, hit rates. You know, what types of players were 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 hitting and those sorts of things for, as a DFS. Uh, attempt to play more DFS in 2018. As I was doing the research in the off season, I found I was like, th- there looks like a lot of dynasty takeaways here, and I'm, I was more of a dynasty player looking to expand in DFS. I sort of just took a lot of the data that I found, you know, paired it with some dynasty data that I had, some startup data, basically going back to 2008, and I found a lot of different things in terms of efficiencies and some just some findings I thought that were much different than what typical dynasty analysis was so I just started writing it down and at the time I was and I still am a contributor at uthdynasty.com so I, I was sort of aiming to do maybe a series of articles about what I had found and I just started writing and within a couple of weeks it turned into being 30 to 40 pages and I said wow I think I have the makings of a book here and so I just started writing and just kept writing and it turned into being this 140 page, you know, strategy session on, on novella on how to, 
yeah, it just turned into this, it, this, you know, basically strategy, uh, team building concept guide to, to making better dynasty decisions and making better dynasty, uh, teams. Cool. That, that, that's, uh, that's kind of what we gathered from so, what we have read about it, but I, I do want to dive into this and I, I can, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big book reader. Hey, but 140 pages, I say, I, right I think, up my alley. I think I could get through that. And, yeah. Uh, so, give us a little bit of insight about like what kind of trends you saw that uh, that make you a, would make you a better dynasty player. Don't go into all of it, of course, but you know, give us like a a tidbit of it, a little teaser of some of the strategy in it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought a lot of the a lot of strategy in the book is um, is different, I think, than a lot of stuff people talk about. And one of the things I really say, and what my research says, and that I found in in the book, and I talk about in the book, is I think the profile matters a lot more than the player. And so, if you look at if you identify a player, you should really look and see what type of what type of profile they hit, and you can and, and fit, and you can look a lot at that profile about uh, about what types of uh, you know just for just from draft picks alone, right? You know, day three wide receivers hit five percent of the time, right? So that should be a good guiding principle about how you deal with those types of picks. And so I just I think a lot of it is that uh, looking at types of players and, and then when you're identifying players or when you have questions about players, and I think it's really helpful in season if you sort of default to, hey, what, what's the baseline for this type of player? A great example of this was Marquez Valdez-Scantling this year. He was at times worth, a, I mean, a, a, at least a, a first-round rookie pick. And if you sort of looked at what his historical likelihood of hitting was, it was clear that he was worth he wasn't worth nearly that much. And so just identifying those types of things. Um, I did come up with some metrics, too. I came up with something called uh, WARP, which is wins over replacement player. It's basically the sa- a similar concept to war in baseball or wins above replacement player. Love and it that. looks at really how many wins a, a player will add to your, to your dynasty team over the course of a 13-week regular season. Um, and I have a similar concept, which is adjusted WARP, which basically incorporates the player's starter rate and how how often he started you know if he's what how many how many leagues he's basically in a starting lineup for a week and sort of looks at those things and i think there's a lot of interesting findings when you look at when you look at players in different ways so are you focusing primarily on like rookies or are we looking at all levels all uh, all time frames in the nfl so i looked at everything so i have i have a I have a strategy or a, a excuse me a chapter just on rookies alone, uh, you know rookie drafts basically a lot of stuff in the rookie drafts what rookie ADP means um, there's a lot of work on age and how that factors into rookies in specifically and throughout the NFL you know throughout their whole time in the league. Um, but I also have a, a chapter just on startups, and it's not specifically aimed at 2019. Uh, there's some talk about 2019 in it, but it's primarily a it's meant to be an evergreen book that you can use from year to year and apply the same principles year over year. Okay. Interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, reading it. So where can we find this book? 
Do you have it available for sale yet, Jordan? Uh, we I, think, I think we lost him. I think we lost him. <laughs> Jordan! Jordan, if, uh, it almost sounds like a like a crime show. We lost McNamara. So uh, we'll, we'll try to. There he is. Hold on a second. If, if, by the way, our Twitch listeners, if you can't hear this, I apologize. Uh, tune in, look us up on one of the uh, podcast apps. You'll be able to hear everything on it. I'm pretty sure it's all going through. Okay. But hey, Jordan, are you there? Jordan, hello. Hey, guys. I'm I'm here. I'm having a hard time hearing you guys a little bit on, on, on your end. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, yeah, we've got some connection issues as well, so we'll... Uh, We'll probably have to try to wrap it up. I'm not sure what exactly is going on, but that call took forever just to dial and go through. But uh, leave us with kind of a you know lasting impression of the book. Where can we get it? How much is the book? Just give us some general details so the listeners know exactly where to go grab this book. Yeah, so you can find the book at analyticsofdynasty.com. And it's, I have some content on there. I didn't put a lot of content on my website because I wanted to save it primarily for the book and those who, you know, those who bought it, I wanted them to get the full effect of, of my research, Absolutely. Um, but you can find it at analyticsofdynasty.com. You can go to analyticsofdynasty.com slash shop. The book is there. It's $30 for the book itself. It'll come in a PDF form. You'll get it, the ability to download it instantly once you order it. Um, I also have a, a, a second option, which is a, a, the book plus a strategy session for and fifty dollars. So you can we'll get together and those have been a lot of fun talking with folks about, you know, we, we go through some team building, you know, we try and figure out ways to implement some of the efficiencies. Uh, and I found in the book I've I detail some I think there's some common narratives and I've done some polls on my on my Twitter account which is at it's at McNamara Dynasty. Just getting perceptions of what people think about value and player value and in particular positional value wide receiver versus running back and sort of how people make those decisions. And I'll tell you that from what I've found in my book, I think a majority of the people look at it wrong. And just the way people look at player value, I think that they, generally speaking, I think some of the valuations and positional preferences and the reason why people make decisions about certain positions Aren't, aren't backed up by fact and they're actually wrong so i would just i would you know there's a lot of that in the book about about going against common narratives and and being able to capitalize on those yeah so I, you can I, find the book analytics at dynasty.com and uh, you can hit me on my uh, twitter account at mcnamara dynasty i love that you're using twitter to to get that feedback gather valuable information from the mass like I, I think there is value from from those twitter polls and getting an analysis of you know get a thousand votes on on a player's prediction for 2019 so i love that you're using that and and incorporating into your book incorporating it into your analytics and into those sessions you have one-on-one always always value uh analytics of the masses so great to hear that you're doing that yeah, uh, thanks for joining us as well. I know we had been planning it. Sorry that the connection couldn't be a little better and it couldn't have been a little more seamless and, and smooth there, but we do appreciate you coming on, telling us about the book. And uh, obviously we're going to read it, and we urge uh, the listeners to, to give, it a, give it a buy, give it a read, and then tell us if we missed something because we're not experts.
<laughs> Don't try to be. Appreciate you coming on, though, Jordan McNamara. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Good night. Nick cracked me up there for a second. Like, I, I see this motion, and he's just doing, I don't know what he was doing, but I took it wrong. I was like, what the hell is he doing over there? I don't know. Nick kind of got me there. So I wonder if a lot of the, the which obviously he's gone, but there was a huge delay in uh, talking to him. If part of that it becomes Twitch, a, a name yeah. value thing that we've talked about a lot, you know, people are valuing the fact that this guy's name is Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell's always good versus the production or whatever it may be. You know, Fitzgerald being kind of the same way. Yeah. So I wonder if, if a lot of that's built in there. And he, he, is, so. he is right. A lot of people have uh, have a bad take on it, and there's a reason there's only one winner every year, right? There's a reason there's only, you know, usually the same three or four people making the playoffs year in, year out, other than, you know, a fluky injury or something. But the fact that he brought up Marcus Valdez scandaling, a guy that knows... Valdez scantling the the one guy that you know I mean he had some value here and there but knowing when to play him versus when to not when to when to cut ties with him is huge I mean I I, I can see a lot of value in in reading that book digesting it and taking in what what it has to do especially if you're trying to transition from dynasty to DFS format which most everyone is these days everyone's wanting to play the daily fantasy yeah. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. You know, we've got Hux covering it for us, but we we plan on giving you a little more daily fantasy when the upcoming season comes because it's just becoming a bigger part of fantasy all the time. Sounded like he was using a lot of stuff. The trade wookie. Remember the trade wookie? A trade wookie was a bad man. The, the trade. It sounds like he uses the trade wookie theory of I, gathering information. I just had idea. I I know it, it's kind of upsetting. Not, I don't know not, what happened to that guy. You know, not not to bash on you. McNamara, but that that does sound like something a trade wookie might have wrote. Gather information from the masses. Is, is McNamara the trade? Analyze wookie? it, average it, and put could it. Could be down. McNamara, McNamara could be the trade. Could wookie. be the trade wookie. He's not. I do have to. <laughs> I do have to say our our uh, sit in audience that we have that's doing all the cheering and clapping in the background. <laughs> they were probably wondering what in the hell was going on for the last fifteen minutes because they couldn't hear a single word of what. <laughs> McNamara was saying. It's our first live studio audience, yeah, and we bored them to death <laughs> yeah. with uh, no audio yeah, for about absolute, three minutes. Harris <laughs> asks the question, and then they're nothing, nothing, nothing. Then we ask another yeah. question. And it's always one of those things where it's so quiet that I feel like I'm that statue guy rubbing my chin. Like I'm like, mm. should I move? <laughs> it's an awkward size. Let's get into the meat of the show. Let's get into the meat of the show. Your 2019 IDP, this or that. This for that, this or that, blank or blank, blank or blank. Yeah. So same thing as the last episode that Nick's already me. forgot about. You blank me. God dang. <laughs> You're blank man. All right. What's the first one? American classic, by the way. Blank man. <laughs> Anything with Damon Wayans is American classic. Which brings us before we do this, real quick, vote on the Twitter poll because it's getting serious. Metallica or ACDC? Let's get some votes in here. How deep are we? Uh, last I checked, 171 votes, and Metallica's edging out ACDC. No, no. Sitting guest Harmon, ACDC or Metallica? Probably ACDC. Yes, Son good man. Us. Good man. And, I, these guys over there are like, 21 pilots! <laughs> I've seen this guy play a guitar, too, so... Harmon Imagine knows Dragons! <laughs> I, I, I love Creed. ACDC's solid. Metallica has Lars Aldrich. You know, someone, there else, someone else made that exact argument. Like, they got Lars Aldrich. Aldrich that just about gives them the, the push. 
Is they it, couldn't isn't couldn't Ulrich? do. It. I don't know. I can't speak. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> I, I they do have enough, him though. They do have him. Oddly enough, watch the whole Metallica concert on YouTube today. That's productive day at the office, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was off today. <laughs> three <laughs> hours, three hours in Metallica. The system was down. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? All right, anyway, somebody's concert. fired. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only person from our work that watches the show is our compliance attorney. So that'll <laughs> <laughs> help me. Please use your your admin abilities and save me. <laughs> the compliance attorneys, <laughs> you, you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands oh, before man. the end of this. All right, let's get into the meat of the show. Give me some, give me some this or that. Well, the FCC won't let me be. <laughs> so I mean, let me see. Uh, okay, so first blank or blank is uh, going. I kind of put them in order. I took some of the submissions and I took some of the ones we had ourselves and I put them in that order that we follow on myfantasyleague.com and uh, start started defensive ends. So Miles Garrett or <clears throat> Daniil Hunter for 2019. Man, as much as I love Miles Garrett, and I, and truther, I, I think he's going to be great. I think Daniil Hunter has come into his own. Is going to be year in, year out, that sack and tackle guy for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's slowly, quietly becoming an elite presence in this league. Miles Garrett has the name, the fame. He has the the number one overall draft pick status. But Daniil Hunter, I'm going to side with Daniil Hunter. He's the real deal. You can bank on his consistency a little bit more than Miles Garrett. Miles gets lost midseason this past season. Give me Daniil Hunter for nothing more than production, consistent production from 2018 going into 2019. So I really want to go Miles Garrett here, but the problem is my argument would be he will only be better as the Browns are better. But as the Browns improved, Miles Garrett regressed. Because he's on the field list. His, his production was not nearly as good. So On a per-game basis. Yeah, on a per-game basis. So, like, Daniil Hunter's done it, and he's done it a, f- a couple times already. I mean, I, I like Garrett. I think Garrett has potential to easily get into that top five, you know, in that argument for an elite defensive end. But Daniil Hunter's already there. So I'm going to go Daniil Hunter. I agree. S- extremely similar sack statistics. Uh, Daniil Hunter, 14.5. Miles Garrett with 13.5. But to me, the difference is the tackles, the involvement in the running game. He's an all-around defensive end, not just a pass for a specialist. Miles Garrett, at this point, he had one high game with uh, seven tackles. Other than that, it's one, two, one, two, a three, a five. But all in all, he is a pass rush specialist. You're banking on sacks with him. In Daniil Hunter's games where he missed a sack, five tackles, four tackles, two assists. I mean, the guys, uh, he is productive against the run game. And give me that all day long. If you don't get to the quarterback, you at least get me points. And that's what I need on my fantasy squad is that consistency. And one thing I really like about Hunter over Garrett is the the division he plays in. So you've got Matthew Stafford twice. you got Aaron Rodgers twice. You know, you've got Mitchell Trubisky twice. A lot of passing, a lot of high-powered offenses to where he's going to have an opportunity to get after the quarterback. And pocket passers as well. Yeah. I mean, guys that stay in the pocket and give him time to get there. Miles Garrett up against a Big Ben who's 
tough to take down. Not even if you get to Big Lamar ben, Jackson, it's still hard to tackle yeah, and Lam- take him down. Lamar Jackson is going to be progressively harder to take down the yep. more he develops as a quarterback. And Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton's is Freeman. They're not Baker. I'm sorry, Dalton. Dal- Dalton's kind of the freebie in the decision in, yeah. in the division. He's going to get to him a few times as he did in 2018. So uh, to me, though, it still stands out. Give me the guy that's already involved in the rushing game against a, in a division where you're seeing six games against opponents that have statues at quarterback that you can get to take down frustrate and etc cetera, etc cetera. Daniil Hunter in 2019 big thing give about me, give me the stats not the name another thing about Jordan Daniil said. Hunter here is he's already on an elite defense right yeah Miles Garrett third most triple team or double teams in the league there you go. You're going to see the le- Daniel Hunter's going to see a lot more one on ones, a lot more opportunity to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's got Linval, and who's on the opposite side of of Daniel Hunter? Oh, somebody, shit. somebody pretty decent. Is Brian Robeson? No, they, I, there's I, a rotation there. I mean, they, no, they it's have uh, Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin, no slouch. A- another uh, top notch pass rusher. Yep. So, yeah, g- give me that. Give me that over Garrett being the sole stud on the defensive line. Next is uh, number one versus number two as far as fantasy finishes go. At the same position, J.J. Water, Aaron Donald. I'm going to go J.J. Watt. And it's not about, you know, I, I do think Aaron Donald's a better football player because, A, he can do it all. And, B, I mean, he he's completely disruptive and MVP caliber uh, defensive lineman, period. But the thing is, J.J. Watt has that elite pass rush ability and an insane number of pass defenses for the defensive line. Consistently in throwing lanes, getting to the yeah. gets to the quarterback obviously. Long if, arms, knows to get his hands up every single time. The guy had and you know I hate the stat. He had seven forced fumbles last year. Seven. That, that it matters insane. on the defensive oh, line absolutely. though, because those are strip sacks. Depends, like depends like, on the episode. <laughs> it depends on the five, episode whether it matters or not. It doesn't matter for defensive backs. I can tell you that much. All right, but force fumbles at the defensive end—that is a strip sack. You're getting like six points in most IDP formats out of a strip sack, and and JJ Watt does that. The long arms, the rangy, the power, the speed—he's elite. However. However, I'm going Aaron Donald. I mean, both of these guys, what? you're not you're not doing wrong. Why do you say what? what? Aaron Donald outplayed him. He's younger. Literally he's, by one he's half more, of one point. He's more <laughs> athletic. But I'll the, let you finish before I give my piece. The thing about these both of these guys are they are consistent, but they also have monster games, weak winner games where they just go off and put up wide receiver one numbers from the defensive end position. I mean, they're they're elite in certain matchups. Aaron Donald right now, if they keep that line intact, they have, I mean, arguably the better line with Ndamukong Sue on there. I mean, you, you do get J- Jadavion Clowney with, paired with Watt a lot of the time. They still have misplaced outside linebacker. Yeah. Misplaced outside linebacker. But to me, the true defensive line, I would give the edge to the L.A. Rams. You're right. And, and that's why I'm going Aaron Donald. A little bit younger, a little bit quicker. Give me Aaron Donald and... Injury history-wise, I can bank right. on Aaron Donald. He's got his contract. He's ready to play for the years to come. He doesn't have to complain about that. You know he's going to be on the football field. And, and he's going to be playing with the lead a lot. A lot of, you know, just pin your ears back, go after it. So I'll give you that. But here, here's my argument back for J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt has shown that he can be an absolute game-changer 
a league winner, not a weak winner, an entire league winner by having him on your defensive line. Yep. Aaron Donald put up a good year. Hate when but, I agree but with was Donald. he great compared to everyone else? He was very good compared to everyone else. Not great compared to everyone else. J.J. Watt has been what Rob Gronkowski was to tight ends before. That can a be. complete separator in the level of talent. And here's an enhancer to your argument and my argument against Niddle. Uh, Aaron Donald before this season. J.J. Watt has proven year in, year out, when not injured, that he is a league winner, just like Rob Gronkowski was at that position. Aaron Donald before this year, 2017, 2016, he finished his 15th overall both seasons, not because of injury, just because this is the first time he's put up truly elite uh, numbers and fantasy, but from part of that was the, the reason, quality of the team around him. Exactly, I, that's where I, I'm I going. Back. That. I, agree. Like, I understand I'm, that. I'm torn on it, but I'm going JJ Watt. But JJ Watt hasn't always had a great defense around him, and he still got his. You made my argument for me. It comes down to the team around him. They finally paired him with another guy that is dominant on the defensive line in Indomitian Sue. They have other pass rushers. They have a good linebacking core. They have the lead a lot. Aaron Donald's here to stay at this top five Might be. year in, year out. But how long until Indomitian Sue wears out his welcome like he always does? Or just declines. Not he's not young it. anymore. I mean, he's he's a part of a winning franchise now. That, that, the guy's, that makes the guy's a, a cancer, though. He's he's proven to be a cancer time and time again. Super Bowl, it, the, the time's going to it's going to happen. I get it, Super Bowl, but again, Aaron Donald's produ- production has elevated due to the team around him, and that team's going to stay intact for at least the next two or three years. Give me Aaron Possibly. Donald. I love his motor. I love the way he attacks. He just bull rushes people. He can spin move, and he's productive in the run game, too, like we were talking about Daniel Hunter. And I think we, can we know about, what's going on here. And 20 and a half sacks. Yeah, 20 right. and a half sacks. But what we can say about both of them, they're two of the most versatile defensive linemen in the entire league. They can play every position on that line. Yeah, inside, outside, interior, so, exterior. I mean, they, they can set an edge against the run game as much as uh, pass rush up the middle. They are game changers in the throwing lanes all day. Long. You don't have to argue your point with Nick. It, it's already transparent. He's only going with Donald because he plays on the same team as John Johnson. Clearly. Obviously. Let's A by A by around John Johnson. Thank you. Thanks that's for thanks for that's my closing argument. There you go. Thank you. Closing argument. Okay, so D- So many coverage sacks because John Johnson has got the, <laughs> the number one receiver locked up on devil coverage. All because of JJ. Bay. All because of JJ. All because of JJ. I got two more on the defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence or Chandler Jones. Oh bang. Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, I, I know Chandler Jones is a solid, a solid guy, but Demarcus Lawrence is one of the better, if not coming into an elite type defense. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence. What was he? Number two, three in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Like, I have no reason to think that he couldn't get back to that. Whereas, what is it? This is a blip on the radar. For yeah, Chandler this is Jones. the Daniel Hunter blip, and then next season, Demarcus Lawrence will be just fine. I agree. Again, agreeing with arms. Let me go vomit in the toilet real quick and come back. Never never a good thing. Never a good thing. Hashtag never agree with arms. Now, I don't think Chandler Jones is trash, but I don't see him being, what, did he finish six last year? I don't see him always being, or, excuse me, and not, uh, seven. They were nine. seven and eight. So I don't see him always being in that range, closer to 10, 15. Than, and I can see DeMarcus Lawrence finish top three again. The key here, I the the first key, I'll, I'll give you two. First key, uh, I'm going to kind of set aside because to me it's not even close. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is the better athlete, um, all around defensive end, just from an athletic physicality standpoint. He's also younger and, and been more productive within a year. 
Chandler Jones is on a bad team. The key, the key here to me is the teams around him. We'll, we'll go to the team around him. Demarcus Lawrence. That although they're not going to blow people out, the Dallas Cowboys are going to win games in 2019. Arizona Cardinals are not going to do that again. And to me, give me the guy who's going to have pass rush opportunities, sack opportunities over the guy who's be playing against a running game, a run heavy team trying to ice the clock in the second half. Uh, that's the key to, around, to to me is the team around Demarcus Lawrence more than even the talent gap between those two. Demarcus Lawrence expecting to be back up in the top five 2019. I agree, 100%. Last one, Joey Bosa or someone else? Ooh. Do you have anyone that you, that you would oh, take? That is an interesting Joey Bosa versus the field? Joey Bosa, Bosa, Bosa versus the field. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go Joey Bosa. We just talked about Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, 1-2. Give me Joey Bosa over either of those two guys. He's younger, quicker. He's continues to develop uh, on the defensive line. He's always talking to the veterans about, about hand moves, hand movement, hand combat to go along with the elite pass rush around the end, the spin moves. I mean, the guy's an animal. We, I love talking about motor with defensive ends, and this guy has the best motor in the NFL today. Simply because he just has younger legs than than J.J. Watt. I think Joey Bosa is number one. It, he would have been number one this year if he would have been healthy all year. Give me a full body of work, and Joey Bosa is going to be your top defensive lineman in 2019. That's coming from anti-Buckeye. Basically the same reasons. I go Joey Bosa. And that defense with Joey Bosa, with, uh, help me out, Ingram on Ingram, the other side. Old Melvin. I mean, that becomes an elite pass-rushing defense. Joey Bosa is going to be, many times before, it was a race to the quarterback. Who are you going to double-team? The faster guy or the guy who's fast and strong? It doesn't matter. Joey Bosa has J.J. Watt in his prime potential. So you're talking team around him, too, and he's perfectly paired with, he's paired with a guy who's been an elite defensive end already in Melvin Ingram. You give give Joey Bosa a couple top-flight linebackers and see what he does. He's going to be unstoppable. They do need linebackers. Absolute matchup nightmare. Whenever teams play against offenses, go up against the the L.A. Chargers. Still odd to say that the L.A. Chargers. They're always chipping with a, a tight end or a back coming out of the backfield against Joey Bosa in his small body of work. But you have to game plan for the guy. If you don't, he's going to wreck your offensive flow. He's going to wreck that machine you're trying to put down the field. Otherwise, you have to chip him. You have to double-team against him. And frankly, it's going to be hard to do with Melvin Ingram on the opposite side. Legitimately, the guy averages almost a sack a game over his career. Two years. (laughs) What? 20 games? Yeah. 20-something games? I mean, the the guy's going to be unstoppable with a full body of work in 2019. Give me some Joey Bosa versus the field. That's Nit is literally leaving me speechless tonight. I got nothing good to add to that Bosa for me. Thanks. Next, Move on. Move song. on. Value. I do, didn't even. Do, I didn't can we even just pull, call him the wizard. I didn't even pull up Joey Bosa's stats there. No, you just talked a big <laughs> game about Joey Bosa and it worked. All right, on the linebackers, we got uh, Corey Littleton or Blake Martinez. I think they finished two and five, respectively, in IDP. Light it up, arms. Yeah, convince it, it, me. I mean, it's Make very my close. job easy. Make me not say anything except for, oh, I agree with arms. Corey Lindleton, honestly, based on the quality of the team around him, the opportunities for him to, 
you know, be able to have someone double teaming Aaron Donald, someone double teaming Namdekan Sue. The guy's getting free runs at running backs all day long. Corey Littleton, I, I think Blake Martinez is a superior athlete. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind about that. But I'm going to go with Corey Littleton. Just based, I mean, he had a better year this year. Why not? I'm going to stick with Blake, the guy that's given me multiple seasons of this kind of production already and looks like uh, he's not going to stop. Corey Littleton, while I believe he's good, came out of nowhere. We weren't You're talking absolutely about, right. We weren't talking about Corey Littleton at all before the season. And then all of a sudden, he's, you know, top five linebacker. I've seen too many guys jump from nowhere to that top five linebacker and then fade away. Blake Martinez kind of jumped out of nowhere, but he's done it two years in a row. I'm going to stick with Blake. The, thing, the difference here... Difference here to me is uh, the way they use Blake Martinez in Green Bay. They they showed the ability to blitz him. They showed the want to blitz him. He showed the ability to get to the quarterback this year. Uh, five sacks out of the middle linebacker position. Usually someone who's not rushing, not up in the a gaps, not not uh, just running down the throat of of quarterbacks. Uh, the ability to get the quarterback five times in 2018 is kind four. of. It's his first year first year of playing. I get it. It's not I get his first it. year in league. It's his first year of playing. I I get it, but Blake Martinez showing the versatility after a year. Let me get to my my finish after the after the year of finish. 150 tackles and, and no sacks in 2017. He he ends up with five. He's becoming a more dynamic middle linebacker in this league. Owns that linebacking core. He's the guy calling the plays. Corey Littleton has great players around him. I mean, great defensive players around him. Blake Martinez kind of is the rock, the foundation of that team. Isn't going to come off the field. First, second, third down linebacker, as is Littleton. But Blake Martinez is the rock of that that defense. And I could see them. I, it's, a, it's a hard argument one way or the other. To me, it, give me the guy who's running the defense, who's blitzing the quarterback more consistent, and that's Blake Martinez. But it's a toss-up. I'm just trying. Honestly, I'm making an argument for Blake Martinez. It is I could go one. either way on that. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't think either one of them are wrong. But I really liked what Littleton did, kind of as a de facto rookie, so to speak. Like you got to respect what he did. I get it. And his high, Littleton's highs were a little higher. His lows were a little lower. Blake Martinez gave you the the uh, consistency that I like personally. I mean, you just roll him out there; he's going to be a linebacker one. Littleton would incredibly have a game. Close. Yeah, li- Littleton would fade away here and there, but was was incredibly consistent in his own right. Uh, it it's not boomer bust. I mean, they're both incredibly good linebackers. You're not going to go wrong. You're talking about what two and five in 2018. Yeah, uh, two and six. I'm just yeah. going to go. I'm, I'm strictly going on Blake Martinez because he is the rock, the foundation. He is their defense He's going forward. Corey yeah. Littleton could be, could be replaceable, or at least they pair him with someone else who also eats up tackles and kind of gets into a share. Mark Barron. Mark Barron's aging. Yep. He is aging out. Good transition, actually. Next one, a couple guys that are producing at an elite level, but also aging out a little bit themselves. Luke Keekley or Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner. It's Bobby Wagner for one reason. I was waiting for I, I, I can just, to... I, I'm pretty confident no. he's going to be on the field, whereas Keekley has a, a history of injury, concussions. He's out even whenever he's the one making the hit. You know, like I, 
I hate it, the Sean Lee factor. Sean Lee's one of the best linebackers to play the game this in the last ten years. Season though, yeah, no, I know. But whenever you've got someone who's consistently giving you a couple games off because of a concussion or you know a hamstring or whatever it may be, you got to start worrying about that. And Wagner just overall his body work, his health is it just always seems to be there. And he and he participates pretty much every facet of the game. I mean, he does a little bit in pass defense, you know. It, it, uh, solo tackles, assist tackles, he's all over the field. I think Keekley's an elite one-on-the-field guy. He's top five, no doubt about it, one-on-the-field guy, but Wagner's always on the field. Yeah, it, it's tough to make an argument either way on this one also. I mean, they're incredibly similar linebackers in that they have the ability of blitz. Don't very often. They don't come off the field. They contribute in pass defenses, can cover up a linebacker, can cover a running back out of the backfield. To me, I'm going Keekly. I love the athleticism of Keekly. I've always have always thought Bobby Wagner is more of an in-between-the-tackles thumper than get outside. I know he does get outside. He, we're talking about a top-five-year and year-out guy here on both ends. But I love Keekly's sideline-to-sideline ability. They both have the fire. They both they both go sideline-to-sideline. But Keekly is more elite athletically. I'll just side with him. I'm not going to take the injury the injury uh, questions into account because he was healthy in 2018. He's only 27. He can stay on the field. Give me Keekly in 2019. Is it just me or Danilo just said he loved their elite analeticism? Analysis. What? Athleticism. Athleticism. Thought he said analyticism. I don't know what I said. I, I black out sometimes. <laughs> All right. Vander. Gibby Vanderish. The Wolf Hunter. You haven't even let me finish. Or Darius Leonard. If it, if it's Leighton Vander Esch, if it's, if it's not Darius the Leonard, answer the is answer a, is Leighton Vander Esch. Is this a uh, Leighton Vander Esch or anyone else thing? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. Uh, Le- uh, Vander Esch or Roquan? Vander Esch. Long term dynasty. It's Vander Esch. Okay. Right now you have to go Vander Esch. I mean, I love Roquan. I think that he has like it perennial Pro Bowl potential. He just isn't there yet. I expected him to be. I was a little bit off. I, I mean, what, what did he finish? He finished like top 15, but Vanderesh to finish top five. Vanderesh is an, an immediate stud and didn't start game one. I mean, you got to go with Vanderesh. If I thought you were going to go with Vanderesh versus Jalen Smith, which is still Vanderesh, but Vanderesh. Jalen, I thought Vanderesh over everyone but Darius Leonard. Yeah. Would you give us one that's laughable? These are tough, man. I, I know mean, they're I tough. Mean, I mean, that's what Vander, makes them good. I'm going Vanderish. I mean, what he what he did in 2018 speaks for itself. Never misses a tackle. That's the thing. Watching his games, he never missed a tackle. When he was there, the ball carrier is down. Never out of position on plays. He, he blew a- up screens constantly. I mean, the the guy's ability to diagnose a play immediately. Blew my mind for a rookie. Roquan did not do that. He got by on the athleticism side more than the diagnosis of plays. Give me Vanderish in that football IQ in this. Cerebral. I, I went yeah, cerebral. I went Luke Keekley for athleticism, but I think Vanderish has elite football IQ. That goes a long way. Brian Erlacher type uh, in my book. Like we're we're talking about high praise for both, but even more high praise. Here's what for I'm going to say about Vanderish. Whenever Sean Lee's time is gone and you free up a few more tackles for, for Vanderesh, he's approaching Darius Leonard level, like the best of the best. Boom. I, boom. Oh, my bad. No, you're good. So <laughs> I agree. I, I'm also on the Vanderesh train. 
It wouldn't surprise me if Roquan beat him next year. Just so we're clear. No, it wouldn't surprise but I'm me. Going, the talent it, is there. Yeah. But, I mean, Vander Esch does look like he's going to have that career longevity because he is a smart linebacker as opposed to an instinct and Roquan athleticism ha- kind of guy. Roquan having those having the uh, uh, history of playing some outside linebackers, some some rush linebacker position, does help him getting those big plays, the sacks, the the uh, pass defenses, etc. <laughs> the force fumble. But, but again, Vanderesh's diagnosis of plays before they even start is elite, and he was a half, not halftime. He was a rookie who didn't get to play till about week six. Oh, he played. Time. He played earlier than that. Yeah, I think he started like week three, but he still had a great linebacker, on, literally on both sides of him. I mean, that's fine. I mean, give me that all look, day long. Look at the production that he still put up. So yeah, you ready for the last give linebacker? LVE, LVE, last the linebacker winner. We have Tremaine Edmonds or Jalen Smith. Because Jalen Smith did no, he did great. Very but- sneakily put up a uh, top ten season at linebacker. So you're talking about the nine versus the ten here, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you give make us it, some it- separation here? Okay, oh, okay fine. <laughs> Kiko Alonso or uh, Vontez Perfect. I'm playing. Let's go back. I do. I'm playing. All right, J- Jalen Smith Kiko, versus Tremont. That wasn't that far apart either. That's hard. Tremaine, give me Tremaine Evans. He's he's the Edmund, guy. Edmonds, Edmonds. Come on now. I said Tremaine Edmonds. All right, he's the guy in Buffalo. He said Tremaine Anal. <laughs> he's Tremaine, he's the guy in Buffalo. He's the guy. There's no other linebackers there. It's his show to run. Jalen Smith is number two on that team. Two late and vendorish. Give me Tremaine Edmonds. Agreed. And he, Tremaine missed a game. One guy will get more tackles next year because of ex- his experience. The other guy will get less tackles next year because a better player is getting more experience. Experience of another. I mean, uh, that's how I see it. I think it's fairly simple diagnosis Tremaine on Edmonds. this one. Tremaine Evans is going to be the better Edmonds. You, I said Edmonds. It sounds like you're saying Evans. He's from Tennessee, bro. Give him a break. My He's trying God. to say Rashawn, Rashawn Evans. It's the same thing. Halftime, he tries to say a player. It comes out, oh, moonshine. What's that? So moon, Joe Montana. What's that moonshine that's in Tennessee? Double smoky. Oh, smoky moonshine. No, smoky no Madeline, we're remember. talking about late invaders. Old smoky moonshine. Blank you. Blank you, Barker. Blank or blank you. Blank or blank. Go blank yes. yourself. I mean, it could go a couple different ways. There's many we, many meanings to what the, you uh, just filled in the blank with. So, defensive backs, not going to make it any easier. Surprisingly, Jamal Adams finished as the number one overall. Defensive back in fantasy. I mean, he. we knew he was good. We didn't know he was going to end up yeah. on top because uh, most of the way through the season, it was Buda Baker. Yeah. So do we want to go with the tale of, you know, two halves of the season? Do you want what Buda Baker did in the first half, or do you want what Jamal Adams did in the second half? Which guy do you want long term? One finished one, one finished ten. But, I mean, we saw what Buda Baker could do as well. Jamal Adams wasn't bad at any point of the season. Extremely consistent sacks and interception, but mainly just the solo tackles. I mean, that that separated him. That put him in number one barely. And there wasn't a whole lot of separation between one and ten this year. I mean, usually you get a couple of elite guys. The fact that Buda Baker trailed off in the the second half allowed these this this group to come up of the top ten was above most of the others. 
but you don't have that elite guy. However, Jamal Adams is on his way. He gets a couple more picks in 2019. He's going over 200 points. He's putting up wide receiver two numbers. Uh, give me Jamal Adams, the youth. They're, him versus yeah, Budabaker. They're about the same age. Both both are useful. But uh, Jamal Adams is all over the field. He's in the backfield. He's getting tackles. He's, he's passed defenses all day long. Uh, love the athleticism of Jamal Adams. So I'm going to go Jamal Adams, but it has nothing to do with either player's talent. It has more to do with where I see the rest of the team going. Both bad teams. So. I, but I actually see the Jets improving next year. And I, as long as Josh Rosen's quarterback, I don't see Arizona improving. And that takes opportunity away from Buda Baker. So as the Jets get better and maybe force some other teams to pass, you get more a lot more opportunity for Jamal Adams. Don't get me wrong. Both of them play up near the line at times. But I'm going to go with Jamal Adams just simply for the fact that they're going to have other teams are going to have to pass as that team progresses. Yeah, I go with Jamal Adams. I mean, I just Buda Baker looked great, but Jamal Adams has that draft pedigree. He's been good from the start. Buda Baker, he was good as a rookie, but it, he wasn't Jamal Adams good as a rookie, in my opinion. He had flashes where Jamal Adams looked like the real deal from day one. I'm going to go with Jamal Adams as well. It's close. I wouldn't be upset, uh, you know, if somebody tossed both of them in the air and I caught one and opened my eyes and uh, I'll it's take Buddha. either. I, it it wouldn't know, bother me either way. But I, I do like Jamal Adams. The thing is, as, as great as Buddha's first half was, because he had a really solid first half, I mean, 13.37 points a game, Jamal Adams still averaged 11 for the first half. So he had some yeah, consistency half a point. all year. A half a point separated him. You know, I had all consistency all year long. I mean, I get. I'll, I'll take Jamal Adams in this situation. Buda Baker, I'll give him a little bit of a pass. The injury kind of stuck around, lingered. He missed two games, has some off games. I mean, you're you're not doing wrong with either either of them. But Jamal Adams is here to stay. Perennial Pro Bowler. Well, I've got a fun one for you, Nit. All right, John Johnson. John Johnson and who? John Johnson and Derwin James, both L.A. products. Who? Playing in one. L.A. Who That's you, a real good one. Who you like, Derwin or John? I mean, I know who Nit likes. It's John or anyone else. But we're going to put him in a situation that anyone else speak is. Uh, on it, Nit. Derwin James. Speak on it, dude. I I've told you I preached John Johnson in the preseason 2018. I'm going to preach on it again. The we're guy does, four versus five here, by the way. I, I know the guy does not come off the field, and that's that's straight up it for me. I dude, Derwin James is awesome. John Johnson. Is just a little bit better. Doesn't have the draft pedigree you just talked about, but man, John Johnson, again, another guy who doesn't miss tackles. And there's elite athletes all the way around him. He gets the freedom to to roam the field, to play in the box, to play in the secondary. The guy doesn't come off the field on goal line packages. That's that's a key to me when I'm drafting a safety, and he's making plays on the goal line against goal line offenses. I mean, he plays like a linebacker, tough to take off the field. But at the beginning of the season, Derwin James was not a starter. He was their nickel package guy. He played a lot, and as great as the Rams are, the Chargers are not terrible. Oh, no. You know, the Chargers are a very formidable team. You give Derwin James... 16 games as the the strong safety, free safety, whichever position he takes over, I'm going to go with Derwin James because in a part of the season as a part-time role, he was literally over the whole season just as good as John Johnson. Thank you, Arms. The reason... So his you do realize his highs you. You, you do realize his highs were as the nickel corner because he was getting sacks. When they moved into the full time role, he was no longer getting to the quarterback. He was playing the true free safety, strong safety position. 
to me, he's going to have less opportunities for sacks. His highs were week two, three, four. Two, three, four, when he was playing that nickel corner, he's no longer in that role. He's going he's gonna to move back on the back end. John Johnson's on the line of scrimmage every play. John Johnson, 2019. Period, Dur- plain and simple. Derwin James was a rookie. Pounded home, baby. He was a rookie. He will only get better. I've never seen a more polite blank you than thank you, Arms. Thank you, Arms, Most for that Most polite analysis. blank you I've ever seen in my life. I forgot his high games were in a role that he no longer plays. Thanks for keeping it friendly, Nick. You're welcome. That's... It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing to watch somebody tell a guy off in the with the word thank you. You're not going wrong with either of them. Yeah, no, you, you're doing great both ways. No, I, I'm going with Derwin, though. And the reason being is John Johnson's sweet. He is a sweet player to have on your dynasty team. But I, I think it's going to be that up there at the line of scrimmage, grinding out tackles. I see Derwin James is like... The J.J. Watt or Gronk. I know we've used that comparison a few more times, but Derwin James could be the advantage at defensive back in another year or two that no other player I, in the league I is. Feel like. I could see Derwin James becoming that Landon Collins-level player from a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, you some, say, someone you who could... John Johnson? But year in, year out. John Johnson you is John what John. he is, though. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? We know what he is, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't expect John Johnson to fall below the top eight just but not going to be a number one guy. But I could see Derwin James move all the way up to one. Man, I, feel like I mean, this is the same argument we have with Antonio Brown and uh, Juju. Yes, it was. I mean, three, we're talking three, three one, to one, seven, three. and I don't want to be the guy who loses seven going up to three. You know what I mean? I I just think Derwin James has a little bit higher ceiling. I think he's a little bit better athlete. Both in great situations. I yeah, every, every time someone says John Johnson, I think about this song called Bubbly Toes of the Curious George movie. Can someone explain that to me? Jack Johnson? Must be it. That's Every probably time. it. There's your association. I think he did John the, literally the entire soundtrack. Bubbly of it. toes. Jack Johnson. Hey, I got one for you. Same team. Great name versus a good rookie. Honey Badger, Tyron Mathow versus Justin Reed. Justin, oh, which, Justin Reed. Reed. Which one are you taking in 2019? Justin Reed. And honestly, Justin it's not Reed. close. Why? I don't they finished back-to-back. I don't care. Justin For Reed. For the same reason. Justin Reed di- didn't start to like, what, week eight? Yep. God, I mean, I'm agreeing a lot the, with the guy, the guy was... Honey Badger has had a starting role, and as much as I like him, he is an elite athlete, but I don't think he's a, an elite defender. Justin Reed has that ability to be one of the top guys in the league as well. I can see Justin Reed easily being a top-ten guy for the rest of his career. I don't know if Honey Badger is going to get there. Damn, I thought y'all were going to disagree with me. I'm going Justin Reed all the way, too. His ability to play in the pass game and, and in the box is, is elite. Honey Badger's kind of a one-dimensional, like, just, He's an opportunist. He's an opportunist. That's a good word. He's an opportunist. And, and what you him. what you have... That's with, what Honey Badgers are. Absolutely. They're, they're he, opportunists. He, no, all jokes out. He's fearless. He's opportunist. That's the reason he got his nickname. <laughs> but Justin Reed... And he doesn't give the, a shit. The guy's a Stanford product. <laughs> He's <laughs> smart. <laughs> He's smart. He knows football. He knows how to play. He knows how to diagnose. And if you just look at his statistics, once he finally moved into a more oh. permanent role, just better and better. Justin Reed is a gr- he's going to be a great safety for years to come. We talk about Tyron Mathow needing the being the opportunist, but Justin Reed just needed the opportunity. And once he was plugged into it, he never looked back. Yes. Yes. Now, if you ask me who's going to get more sacks <laughs> next year, Word Tyron right. Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Who's going right. to get more forced fumbles? Tyron Matthew. Who's going to get more interceptions? Probably Tyron Matthew. Who's going to lead them? Justin Reed. Who's, who's, who's going to be the uh, the captain of the defensive backs? 
Justin Reed. If the wordplay that Nit just used was converted to book form, this would be the Fifty Shades of Grey of fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> just all horned up. Over well, here. while we're on safeties, where's Landon Collins and Eddie Jackson? Two of your boys. I like who that. you got. Who you got? Eddie Jackson or Landon Collins? I trust. I trust Landon. This is the all arms and that. Analysis where, right, we get, it, where it, we both get to say thank you, arms. Thanks, arms. It's as simple thanks, as this. Arms. <laughs> Land, Matt Damon. Landon Collins has elite talent. Beautiful. Eddie Jackson is very Tyron Matthew. Like he's it, it, Eddie, Eddie Jackson might so lead. He also doesn't like shit. Light might lead the, uh, the defense the family. Show. All defensive players in touchdowns next year. I think he did this year. Not going to do it again. What are the odds? You know what are the odds he's going to do it again? Very realistically. The Collins is the Giants are only going to get better. Are the Bears? What family sitting around listening to us as a family? <laughs> come on, come on, boys and girls, enjoy it. Shut around the radio. Time to do my crew fancy show. Get out your your Ovaltine decoder. <laughs> do the secret passwords. Sweet. God. Let's gather around, gather around the radio, gather around the podcast. All right, uh, my bad. One do thing I will that. say is Eddie Jackson will more likely solo win a week for you than Landon Collins, but Landon Collins will more likely win a league for you than Eddie Jackson. Easy, Landon. Landon is it's Landon all day. He's he's had the premier year. He's been the premier player. And he drinks Eddie, his Ovaltine. Eddie Jackson just uh, uh, Landon Collins has finished his season too. in like. Top five in tackles for the entire league. Right. I don't think Eddie Jackson's ever going to do that, and will never do that. Might lead it in interceptions, might lead it in touchdowns, but not going to lead it in tackles. Last one, a three banger: Jesse Bates, uh huh, or Kevin Byard, or or Harrison Smith. Jesse Bates or Kevin, Kevin Byard, Byard. Hmm. or Harrison Smith. The whole family's waiting on this answer. Kind of bang, bang, bang. Give me Jesse Bates. Give me Jesse Bates for the age more than anything. I think Kevin Byard's awesome. I mean, honestly, I'm dismissing Harrison Smith. He's a little bit older than both of them. Yeah, I'm kind of taking Harrison Smith out of this argument. To me, Kevin Byard uh, had the elite year 2017, improved on it, stayed consistent in 2018. But Jesse Bates came out right out the rip, led the Bengals – just a dismantled Bengals defense. He was the the bright spot. But I've talked about Jesse Bates. If they have a good linebacking core, tackles go away from him. Kevin Byard's just just flat out good. Give me Kevin Byard because he's more consistent on it on a better team. Again, the opportunities go away from Jesse Bates if they get a linebacking core. He was the key. He was the last guy making tackles. But I I, I think if anybody loses the tackles, it's Sean Williams. I think Jesse Bates is the the realistically the better of the two uh, as a defender. I mean, I we've said it before it, on defense. Players play. Players get their statistics, and I think Jesse Bates is a player. I'm biased because Kevin Byard. Do your wordplay because By- Byard intercepted, had an interception while I, for my team while I was playing Barker, and led me to a championship. Player, so, players going to play. Give me Kevin Byard. We should do a whole episode. You're not like, doing bad with either, by the way. Morgan Freeman voice. Players going to play. Do it. So was that the last one? I can't keep it. I'm going Kevin Byard. Okay. Thank you. Any reason? Side with me, um, Just because you like Niddle better than you like me? No, nah, I mean, Jesse Bates He's and Sean Williams, side, both top 10 uh, in fantasy from the defensive back position. I, I, I don't think they can sustain that. And I think Kevin Byard, again, 
kind of more proven. Like I don't trust right. Jesse Bates. I quite see Jesse yet. Bates taking a massive step back. I can see him taking a step back, but Bayard has the ability to be number one overall any given year. Maybe I could see the Bengals. Give me, give me another year to find Actually, out. improving next year based on a coaching change. I'm not sure that, the, the, I must that be the Tennessee wrong one, gets a lot better. You know what I mean? That, that's my thing. I get it. I love it when it, you argue, and I'm not up to argue. But, Mary, I, I just I, part of that <laughs> is Marriott. I don't see Tennessee's offense ever building. It, I must leads. be the wrong one. There it is. There it is. So you guys want to talk a little bit about Super Bowl? There's a Super Bowl. I was trying. I, Dude, I, hey, what, what's the line? Two and a half. Two and a half for the Pats. Uh, Pats going to get it rolling. Uh, do you think it's going to be a shootout? Do you think it's going to be low scoring? I think it's going to be the same thing as last year because I think the Rams are the more complete team the same way the Eagles were. I think so, too, and I, and I hate saying it because I feel like I'm you know, we screwing about, myself we, by saying the Rams are going to win. It's what I want. It's what I believe is, you know, I believe the Rams are a better team, but the Patriots can probably shut them down from some weird freaking game plan that they come up with last minute where they're like, Brady, we know you didn't catch a pass last year. We're going to run 11 defensive backs this week, and all of a sudden it just shuts down everything the Rams do. Brady, you missed that pass last year, but we're going to run you on three reverses this time and see how that goes. The The thing with this matchup is strictly the experience. If the Rams have a little frustration, some failure early, the Pats can get up on them and roll just like they did in Foxborough against the uh, against the Chargers in the first half. Like, I could see them getting up early and just separating themselves where the Rams don't really have a legitimate shot of coming back regardless of if they get on track. There's stuff going on with Gurley. Uh, it, I, I don't get that. I still don't get that. But they have to commit to Todd Gurley early. Uh, to me, I'm going to give a slight edge to the slight edge, just like Vegas says, to the Patriots. Got to throw Brady's stats out. He's averaging 300 yards passing, three touchdowns in Super Bowls. I mean, elite statistics against the elite teams year in, year out. Yeah, I mean, he's played in nine of them. <laughs> to average 300 yards a game, 298 <laughs> yeah, right. yards a game. It's he's, unbelievable. He's played in as many Super Bowls as Julius Peppers has seasons. Just about. It feels like it. Ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I, I my once again the you've got Aaron Donald, you've got Namdekan Sue, you've got John Johnson to help shut down Rob Gronkowski. I think there's enough on that Rams team. Marcus, uh, I think Peters, there's two. No, Marcus Peters is no longer going to be matched up on the number one wide receiver. So you get a chance, you get put Talib on Edelman or who, whoever. Physical corners too. They can frustrate Edelman. Here's what we've said before: in order to beat the Patriots, you have to out athlete them at every position. You're not going to out scheme them. I think the Rams out athlete the Patriots, and I think that that defense all around is better than the Patriots' offense all around. Man, that Patriot machine, though, once it gets rolling, it's hard to stop. You're the absolutely fact, right. I mean, there's a reason he's got freaking a, a handful of rings. Yeah, the, I could see what what I see happen is the Patriots forcing the Rams into field goals. I mean, that's uh, that's what I see happening. They force them into field goals instead of touchdowns, and then Tom Brady and that offense cash in touchdowns instead of instead of field goals. And, and it just comes down to that. Like they know how to play defense inside the twenty five, inside they are the twenty. A, definitely a bend, but don't break. But man, I, I think it's gonna be. I think it could be an all-time great. I mean, you have Tom Brady going out. You have the guns of blazing offense of the L.A. Rams. Sean McVay is gonna be have that team ready to go. It comes down to Jared Goff, and I don't know if Goff has enough in crunch time to get it done. I don't know if it comes down to Jared Goff though. That, I think that's it absolutely thing. does. 
just with what's um, going with, with the net. running game. Like it, it comes down to how Jared Goff performs. That he has to get the ball out on time, and the Patriots are great at throwing timing off, especially inside the red zone, inside the twenty-five. I, I, I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Honestly, I just want to quit watching Tom Brady play football. It's I like turning I, on Law and Order SVU. You're like, God, it's old. No, I, I, I love so it. Tom old. Brady's so good, man. And I would watch SVU every episode. It's so Mariska, old. Mariska Hargitay. Hey, you don't even have like Tom Brady's what's the his Mariska name? What's, what was her partner's <laughs> name for all those years? Elliot. Elliot. You don't have Elliot. Just like the Patriots, like they don't have Ben Coates anymore. I don't want to watch Tom Brady. Been retired for like 15 years. The only dude, Tom Brady's played twice as long. There's three people left sick. in the organization: Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Robert, Robert Kraft. Kraft. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Tom, super- Tom Brady has outlasted owners, and they all play cricket together on the weekends. I don't want to watch them play football. Last question for me: Who's your Super Bowl MVP? Super CJ Anderson. <laughs> CJ Anderson. No. Aaron Donald. Ooh. Y'all going Rams, Rams? I'm taking my I'm back going Rams. Rams. a joke. I'm going to go Patriots. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Easy. I'm wow. Be, wow. I'm still on it. Wow. Way to throw the underhand pitchers. I'm like, on oh. fire tonight. I'm going to go with the fun angle. Brandon Cooks, MVP. Suck it for trading me, Patriots. Tore oh. you up in the Super Bowl. I like I the storyline. Like I, I like, like the storyline. All right. Lead us home. That's why I do what I do. I'm tired. We hope that your whole family enjoyed the show tonight. <laughs> Hopefully you all cozied around the fire, ate marshmallows with s'mores, and your little one said, It's right, guys. What's It's right. What's anal mean? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what dad's really adamant about doing something? That's that's why we do this, to provoke weird family questions. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a good place to end it. Thank you. Right Couldn't couldn't agree more. Not any farther. Not anything deleted. That's just a good place to end it. I couldn't agree more. You don't need to teach your kids anything more about this episode. No, no. You've gathered around. Except for find a good book about Dynasty. Yeah. Find find a good, wholesome book and about football. Just like any good red blood American, play IDP. Yeah. Play in a sixteen teamer. That's why we that, that's the whole point. This episode is why we do this. We don't want to talk about Tom Brady. We don't want to talk about Patrick. We want to talk about Derwin James. We're talking about Miles freaking Garrett. Yeah. Yeah, the IDP legends. From our family to yours, have a good night. (laughs) Good night. Peace. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.